0: Wherever you get your podcasts, thanks for listening.
1: ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Leader. The time has come for the final five candidates bidding to become Prime Minister to go head to head in their first live TV debates. Kenny Badenock, Penny Mordaunt, Rishi Sunak, Liz Truss, and Tom Tugendhat will go before the cameras tonight and on Sunday night before the next rounds of voting on Monday and Tuesday, followed by a further debate on Tuesday night for the final three. It's a chance for them to set out their plans for leading the country, challenge each other, and defend their ideas. But how significant are these live debates? And what subjects are likely to dominate? To give us a preview of what's to come, The Evening Standard's Deputy Political Editor, David Bond, joins me now. So, David, the TV debates kick off tonight. We're being treated to three of them in total. First up, how important do you think these will be for the candidates? Well, it's really interesting. And of course, you know,
2: it's a heatwave and the idea of spending a very hot Friday evening inside watching uh, Channel 4's first of these three TV debates. Might not be everyone's cup of tea. I certainly will be watching them. Uh, but um, no, they should be fascinating. And I think they will matter as well. And the reason why they will matter is because unlike pre the, the last leadership election in the Conservative Party back in the summer of 2019, Boris Johnson was so far and away the favourite that there wasn't really a sense that they would make very much difference to the outcome. I think the difference here is that you've got quite a lot of relatively unknown politicians for the wider public to look at for the first time. So people like Kemi Badenok, Tom Tugendhat, Penny Morden, really, you know, they're not household names. So this will be a real chance for the Conservative MPs who ultimately will make this first part of the decision to see how they fare in the glare of the spotlight and to see how they might play out with the public. There will always be, you know, after these leadership televised debates, there's always a lot of polling about how people play out with the public. And they will be watching closely to see how they come across and what sort of chance they might have on, on the national stage come a general election. And that may sway quite a lot of people who maybe haven't made up their minds yet.
1: And what do you think the sort of floating voters among the Tory MPs will be looking for from these debates to help them make their decision?
2: Well, I think that that whole kind of getting a sense of how they deal with the glare of the national TV spotlight how they deal with members of the audience. So the one tonight, Channel Four when there'll be 50 to 100 people in the audience who will be able to ask questions. So they're going to come under sort of intense scrutiny in a way that they haven't so far in this contest. You know, all the hustings have all taken place behind closed doors, this closely knit group of 357 Conservative MPs who are eligible to vote. Now, suddenly, you're going to have the sort of sunlight of public scrutiny come into this contest. And while it may not have, Uh, an impact because, uh, you know, if you think about the actual electorate in the first wave, you know, it's those Tory MPs. And then in the second wave, it's, you know, 100,000 or so members of the Conservative Party. What they will all be wanting to judge is how they would cope with that pressure. And then, of course,
1: how they might translate into beating Labour at the next general election. And obviously, the people at home watching don't have a vote. Could their response to these debates have some influence as to who Tory MPs vote for? Do you think they'll be mindful of approaching the next general election, for example, with a popular character?
2: Yeah, I think they will. And that's why I think it's really going to be interesting to see how the public react to Penny Morden. So Penny Morden has, you know, is a great insurgent in this race. You know, She's really causing this trust, the Foreign Secretary, who may have banked on being on the uh, final two ticket with Rishi Sunak, you know, she is really posing a threat to them. And I think that she will come across very well on television. You know, she's a good public speaker. She's a good debate. So we see, saw it in her launch earlier this week. You know, she is good at the presentational side of it. And there are concerns over how Liz Truss comes across in public speaking. You know, you saw at her launch. She kind of mistimed her entry. Then she got lost on the way out with all the cameras you know on her she's a bit stilted i think some critics of her say you know in her delivery and i think you know it'd be really interesting to see the contrast of those two on the tv screens tonight and then of course we've got another debate on itv on sunday and then a third and final debate on sky on tuesday
1: Let's take a break now in part two. David will discuss the issues likely to come up in the debates.
2: Interesting to see how the whole question of uh, gender identity and trans plays out, whether that is prominent, whether that's really on the public's mind. It's on the mind of the Conservative Party, but is it on the mind of the wider public?
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: So, David, we've already heard interviews and campaign launch speeches, but what subjects can we expect to hear about in these TV debates?
2: Well, I think, again, you know, the cost of living and how each candidate proposes to deal with that and tax, tax, tax. That will be a big, big part of each of the debates. I think... You know, it would be interesting to see how the whole question of uh, gender identity and trans plays out. Whether that is prominent, whether that's really on public's mind, it's on the mind of the conservative party, but is it on the mind of the wider public? Obviously, Brexit has, is the is the dog that hasn't really barked in this debate so far, but it is clearly there, and it's it's part of the sort of push towards Liz Truss. You know, a lot of the the right of the party, even though she voted for Remain. And, and is a convert to the Brexit cause, a lot of the Brexiteers on the right of the party want to coalesce, want to see the right of the party coalescing behind her because they see her as the sort of tough, plain-speaking person who will deliver the Brexit that they want, and make sure that the job is finished and sort of is almost a continuity candidate for Boris Johnson. So I think Brexit will probably come up. But there's so much that, you know, really, we haven't heard much talk of so far in the debate, because it has all been so focused on tax. And, you know, the sort of plans of each of the candidates to to cut taxes. Uh, With Rishi Sunak very much saying that, you know, I I do want to cut taxes, but we have to get inflation under control. We have to be conscious of the need to repair the public finances. Almost all the other candidates saying, no, I'll cut taxes now because, you know, we need to get the economy growing and we need to... You know, deal with the cost of living crisis because the tax burden is so high. So I think that will, that will definitely dominate. But there's lots of things we haven't heard about, you know, net zero. What are the candidates' commitments on climate and the, and the environment? You know, that hasn't really featured at all so far. So I think that might come up. But yeah, I think dominated by the economy for sure.
1: And another thing we haven't really heard about yet is the situation facing the NHS and specifically ambulance services. That hasn't really been mentioned yet. Do you think it will crop up?
2: Absolutely, John. I think that's another really good example of how people haven't been talking about health service. In fact, you had the, before he dropped out of the race, Sajid Javid, the former health secretary, you know, sort of arguing against the rise in national insurance, which is used to pay to clear the backlog in the chest. So... You know, you've got all of these promises and lots of people saying, well, hang on, how are you going to cut taxes, but also deal with the, the sort of the, the commitments that have been made to try and fix the NHS and, as you say, extreme weather, major concerns over ambulance, waiting times, so, you know, the, the problems are there. But it hasn't, again, you know, there's have been there been all this heated debate about gender identity and whether Penny Morden has gone back on her sort of previously uh, so-called woke views. But, you know, there hasn't been any real debate about some of the things which are really impacting on people's lives.
1: And we are now down to just five candidates. You have mentioned Penny Mordaunt and Liz Truss, but who do you think will perform best in the debates? What sort of experience do the candidates have that will bode them well?
2: Well, it's really interesting. I mean, Rishi Sunak obviously is the front runner. He's the one who has come out on top in in both the, the votes we've had so far. He is obviously used to the national spotlight. He was, you know, the sort of second most important member of Boris Johnson's cabinet until he resigned last week. You know, he's been through the heat of the public scrutiny over COVID, you know, plenty of press conferences, plenty of exposure to the national limelight. I think the risk him is that because he's got it all to lose that he is then too cautious I was speaking to David Cameron's former comms chief in number 10 uh, Sir Craig Oliver uh, yesterday and he was saying that you know he's definitely got it in him Rishi Sunak to sort of give that expansive vision of, of his values and what he stands for and his vision for the country but at the moment he might just be inclined to sort of play it safe and to not really go into that sort of more ambitious, expansive mode and sort of take the straitjacket off. And the risk is, is then he starts to look a bit flat and a bit boring compared to some of the other candidates, especially lots of people will be watching for Kemi Badenok, I think, who is really impressed in this contest so far. And, you know, this will be her first real exposure on, on the national stage in this way. And if you think back to the 2019 election for the Tory leadership, Rory Stewart was the big star out of the TV debates. You know, you remember him, sort of the big talk about why he removed his tie and all that stuff. You know, he sort of grabbed the attention. Now, in the long run, you can sort of question how, how much good that did him, because obviously he didn't win the, win the uh, leadership race and is now House of Parliament. But I think for someone like Kemi Badenoch, there is a chance there to sort of really promote herself. And even if she doesn't, you know, she does eventually drop out of the race. You know, she's put herself in a position to get a top job, maybe in new cabinet under whoever does become leader.
1: And Rishi Sunak, Penny Mordant, and Liz Truss have all remained the top three in voting so far. Can you see this changing as a result of these TV debates?
2: Well, I said as I go back to what we said right at the start. I think unlike previous debates where they were also a bit going through the motions, I think these ones do count because there's so many unknowns. And I think certainly for Liz Truss, it's all to lose. So real pressure on her not to make any major mistakes or to, to sort of come across badly, to give any MPs who may have already had doubts about her uh, ability to deal with the pressure, to sort of undermine that confidence in her. So she's kind of got it all to lose. And in a way for Penny Morden, she's free of that. She's got a platform to really promote herself. And because she's just quite good at I can imagine that she's going to be quite good in front of the cameras that, you know, she will be able to sort of maybe edge even further ahead. But the big question for Liz Truss is, can she get the right to unite behind her? So Suella Braverman went out on Thursday night. She pledged her support for Liz Truss. So that's 27 extra votes or majority of them potentially going to Liz Truss. That will sort of help her probably edge ahead of Penny Morden. And then the question is, what happens to Baden-Ox votes? when she eventually gets eliminated. So I think the most likely outcome is probably that you still end up with Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak in the final two. But who knows? If Liz Truss doesn't perform as well and those doubts again creep in about her from Tory MPs, then you might see Penny Morden
1: on the final ticket. There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back on Monday at 4pm.
0: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50